Welcome to Smodcast. I'm Kev Smith. No, I'm just kidding. It's Zach. Hi, everybody. Uh, you're listening to Formatted Fit Your Screen, the show where two people who have seen a movie have a conversation. Today's episode is the part two of my two-part conversation with Brett McDonald from the podcast Do Ghosts Be Real about Kevin Smith's Clerks from 1994. So just as a quick disclaimer, if you downloaded this thinking it was a conversation on Clerks 2, it's not. That may be an episode in the future, but I would not hold out for it. I wanted to share the part two of this conversation because in the course of a very long chat, me and Brett got off topic a lot, but continued to return to the movie. So there's still a lot of talk about the movie in this second half here. But in addition to some other topics we touched on, including self-actualization, male mental health, things like that. So there was stuff in the second half that I thought deserved to be put out there and heard. But then there's a bit of a shambolic nature to this. It's kind of an odds and ends because there's some parts that were cut out. And then I make reference to sending Brett scary dolls at some point. You'll have no idea what that's about, but please do still do that. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Come back at the end and I'll let you know who's joining me next time. But for now, enjoy the encore performance, the the thrilling finale, whatever you want to call it, of my conversation with Brett McDonald from Do Ghosts Be Real. You're watching CBC British Columbia. There's a difference between quality and quantity. And you releasing that many podcasts a week, there's only so much shit to talk about. Well, and I feel like he kind of revolutionized podcasting in the sense that he was a Hollywood film director. Like when he started podcasting, he was about as famous as anyone else was doing it. And then he ran out of stuff to say and people kept listening and he kind of opened the doors for like, just like two dudes talking about just whatever. Well, I mean, (laughs) there's there's look what's happening right now. No, literally, (laughs) and and we're nobodies, but like, that's the thing is like, this might not have been possible if he didn't continue hosting Smodcast for over like a, well, a decade over him running out of stuff to talk about. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, you know, what's more important than two two guys who just happen to have audio equipment telling people their opinions on stuff? I love the Smodcast episodes. Like, were you, did you listen to that show? Um, just like the OG? Mostly like Hollywood Babylon is what I listened to. Yeah, I, then, I really liked Hollywood Babylon. And then it just became 12 hours of uh, impressions that fans asked. Uh, yeah, Ralph, Ralph Garman. Ralph Garman to do. Chucking and jiving and putting on a show for the audience, which I mean, they paid for it, I guess. And I mean, them. and it's just Kevin Smith being extremely high and crying also on that show. And then him just doing uh, impressions the entire time. Well, that was the thing. Like early Hollywood Babylon, I feel like he was a lot saltier than he can get away with being now because now he's just like so... He's got like Mickey Mouse's dick like so firmly up his ass at this point that he can't just like spout off his opinions like he used to. No, the, yeah, it's it's very bland yes man type of behavior. He just he just wants to be directing WandaVision. That's all he wants more than anything else in this world. I f- I feel like we should I mean, it's clerks. If you've seen it, you know that there's not a whole lot to the movie. If you haven't seen it, 
go watch it and you'll realize why we're not really ruminating over the plot of this movie. Yeah, as far as plots go, it's pretty much just two guys hanging out. Two guys hanging out and at work. one guy being upset that he's at work because he wasn't supposed to work. But in reality, okay, say the movie... Say the movie, he didn't get called in to go to work. Do you think he would have done shit all with his day? Well, he wakes up in a closet at the start of this movie. Which is very perplexing to me. I'm like, David Carradine or something. I was like, what are you doing in that closet? No, I I don't know a single person that's ever comfortable just in sleeping in a closet. Like it would make, it would make more sense. I think that was just like the wackiness he wanted to put in, but it would make more sense if he was just like passed out on the ground. But, but then, yeah, this movie, but it doesn't, Dante doesn't seem like a partying dude or anything. So that's why it's very, very confusing to me. I'm like, what, why? Like when we first watched it, I was like, why is he in the closet? Mm -hmm. I don't understand. What does this, does this have to do with anything? But yeah, Dante and I, this actually is kind of in my own personal life, but then I think probably a lot of people can relate to this. Dante, he's miserable. He's kind of like struggling against life and hopeless. And he's working in the convenience store, which we both worked in gas station oh convenience <laughs> down yeah. the street from each other. Yeah. Yeah. And mine, I, I worked a, a block away from here, barely. Um, but then Randall, the much more cooler, the one that you want to like look up to and sort of be like, he works in the video store. And I know so many people who working in a video store was the absolute dream cream of the crop job. And I remember hassling a local shopkeep, the proprietor of pick a flick on early drive in Saskatoon, no longer there. I would go in there and I would like beg that guy to give me a job because I just wanted to be Randall so badly. Yeah, man. By that time, I don't know. Like I've never been a huge, huge movie guy, but the movies I do like, I really like. And the idea of working in a video store, just like kind of, I can get why it would be attractive, but at the same time, like in the movie, you just have people asking you, what's a good movie? Well, a good movie is very much different from person to person. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm When I would fantasize about working in a video store, it's the idea of a bunch of people who have the same taste as me. Which you're not going to get. Yeah, c- coming in and asking for a recommendation, and then I send them home with like an armful of Woody Allen movies, and they all come back and like, oh, that wasn't shitty. <laughs> <laughs> but, I really like that. And I'm like, oh, then you're but really going to like this. The reality is very much different. Yeah. It's people, it's, you want to you wanna recommend more deep thinking movies and they want to watch Michael Bay. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've never had an intelligent thought watching a Michael Bay movie. So I, you know, I, I have to disagree. I really was given Benghazi a lot of thought. I was really turning it back over in my head. I think (laughs) Killary, I think we were too easy on her. Yeah. We just, uh, you know, it's just like, if you love explosions, and there's a very particular type of person that's obsessed with Michael Bay movies. And I'm not trying to typecast anyone here. It's a person who would wear their winter coat indoors during high school, even in the summer. It's that kind of person I'm going to say. Yeah, it's someone who 
you know, is very content with coming home from work, drinking nine to 10 beers, drinking, watching a bunch of light beers. Yeah. Not even, not even good beer, light beer. We're talking Bud Light. So that's the kind of guy I see. And, and then just like getting upset because his team isn't winning in a sports game. That's the kind of guy who loves Michael Bay. Yeah. Someone who has a resting blood alcohol of 0.02, If their nose isn't red, I don't want to hear their opinion on non-Michael Bay movies. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but to, so what about this movie? Cause I, I think the last time I watched this movie all the way through was the night of my last day of work when I worked at the, well, I won't say the name of it. When I worked at the convenience store across the street from here, um, does it bring back memories for you seeing Dante at work and doing his job? Um, so as far as the place I worked, it was a little bit more corporate. Yeah. You worked you, at a chain. Yeah. I worked you at a worked mom at a, and pop. a mom and pop. So I didn't really have the same experiences because I was, I was working cash register and pumping gas. Um, what I found mostly is, yeah, most people are idiots. Like the bottom line is most people you talk to in a day. Like if you talk to a hundred people, I'd say at least two thirds of them are idiots. Well, we were discussing the prevalence of npcs just out there yeah. in the world and i think yeah people ever, who just ever wanna, exist yeah people who exist you don't really have like complex thoughts they like are just well and, and they somehow get from one place to another you, in life you made without a, ever facing like a challenge you made a great point you go you know i think people who have never had mental health problems mm-hmm. are just straight up npcs and i'm like yeah that's the that's the perfect way to describe them. Yeah, it's, it's just, just like people who aren't just racked exist. with guilt and anxiety. It's it's like they have a predetermined amount of sentences that they can say, and that's that's it. It's the people that when you go into work, they just make small talk with you. If their brains work too hard, they'd overheat and combust. So you can't make them work that hard. Oh, yeah. it's it's rough. Like small talk for me has always been hell. Cause it's just like, no, I don't want to talk about how my weekend was because it's the same as every weekend. Yeah. Let's have a conversation. Ask someone how their day is going when it's like, well, I was working in a convenience store yesterday and I was working in a convenience store today. So it's worse. Yeah, exactly. Like when I have conversations with people, much like we're doing right now, we're actually talking about something, which I need to be mentally stimulated in order to enjoy a conversation with somebody because I can't deal with NPC questions. It's just like, it's just, it seems like life almost is a big fetch quest in an RPG and it's very upsetting to me. It's just like, okay, go to work, put in your hours, come back. You completed the quest. Here's your money. Yeah, and and podcasting is a side quest, but you're still hoping that you're going to get some kind of pot of gold from it at some point. Yeah, it's it's just like doing a, like, I don't know. I I used to play World of Warcraft a bunch, and they had what's called daily quests that you could do every day. It's pretty much like a daily quest that you do every single day in the hopes that you get money, but it never happens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, don't get me wrong. I I love doing it for the sake of just doing it, because in in this case, like, we get to have a a fun conversation about shit. Um, Whether or not it ever makes us money, who's to say? I mean, 
that's for all the jokes about like men will literally do blank instead of going to therapy i do think that podcasting is like not necessarily for the two of us but i think for some men it's like to have a conversation with someone like you to talk to someone for an hour on the phone is ludicrous to have like that long of a conversation with another man which is very funny to me because i uh co-host of do ghosts be real spencer him and i will have just long conversations on the phone like spencer that. phones me up and it like i like go out of my skin when it happens oh, really? <laughs> like i like it is and i enjoy talking to him but it's like this is gonna be i'm like pacing back and forth i go like go crazy when I oh have man phone calls. i i always enjoy our conversations it's usually about it's usually minimum an hour long mm-hmm. and like it, it's it could range from anything so it's it's pretty much like we're doing a podcast just for us so it's it's a phone call <laughs> but and spencer is always driving so he's like and like responsibly he's not on the phone hands while free baby hands free so not to get spencer in trouble but he like every once in a while he killed just get road rage in the middle of a conversation it's, it's very funny it's pretty good because like i'm i'm that same guy so i can relate to that so hard i'm like ah shit yeah i know exactly what you're going through right now this is hell and spencer's like inelegant when he's not angry so when he's like pissed off at another driver man i dude, <laughs> just takes it to a funny dude role. i am so much worse like the amount of ums and ahs that i uh i bust out in regular conversation not not like what we're doing right now for whatever reason when i'm on a microphone i can just go mm. and it's fine but uh yeah it's 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 just like yeah but you're right though like men would much rather talk to the ether and send it out there than than go to therapy like i know i know for me like doing my podcast like yes we have topics and stuff but like we do meander and we do go all over the place uh even within those topics and like a big one man is for me in general is men not talking about mental health mm-hmm. and not accepting that something is wrong because I think a lot of people, and I think we, I think both of us, like when we were talking about NPCs, we'd be surprised how many people who we deem NPCs are actually going through it. They're just not smart enough to realize they're going through it. Mm-hmm. I think that's like something that I've talked to a few of, um, a few guys is like a, a help group because between you and me, men are afraid to talk about their feelings. And that's why, that's why Without we, a doubt. we see a lot of men who have anger problems because that's just a manifestation of their feelings that are not getting talked out. So like whether it's anger or, ang- or sorry, whether it's sadness or anxiety or they're not talking about it. So it just manifests itself as anger. And if you get angry enough, not even another man will chastise you for your emotions. Like, yeah, exactly. If you're like, if you're angry enough at another man, he's not going to be like, oh, Mr. Like lose his temper. Like not yours. Gonna leave no, they're going to, they're going to calm down. But that being said though, like, I don't know when we were younger and I know times are changing now, which is great, which is honestly for the better. But when we were younger, it's just like, no men don't talk about their feelings. That's just the way it is. That's the way it goes. 
you can't talk about your feelings. You can't be, you can't be considered weak. I, I don't know how much you had that in your life. And I definitely didn't get that from my dad. Uh, my dad's a very open and mm-hmm. open about his feelings kind of guy, but it, it was more of a societal pressure, like, especially, especially high school, especially. High, and I think we both kind of went through that in high school to a certain extent. Yeah. My experience, I think with the, like, boys don't cry kind of like <clears throat> not showing your emotions type thing. I do feel like it must have been different for earlier generations and it must have been like a much stricter, more oppressive thing. And there is a little bit more openness now, but I also do worry as I age personally, I find it continues to get harder. Like it becomes a, it's not something that you overcome and you stay at that point. It's something you overcome and it keeps becoming more and more difficult to stay in touch with your emotions. And that's why when I look at people in like the boomer Gen X, like age demographic people around and older than like our parents, when I see men who are like so bad at like articulating their emotions and stuff like that, I just worry. It's like, well, did you used to be like, you used to have the juice for that 30 years ago. And it's like, just like everything else. It just like wears you down over time between you and me. I think what the case is, is yet just repressing those emotions over time. Like you said, makes it so you're kind of cold and a real miserable SOB to be around, to be honest with you. The most miserable people I've ever talked to in my life don't talk about their feelings at all. Um, I think more importantly as men, because I don't know about you, man, I've had more than enough people in my life who are men who are going through shit and not say anything and mm-hmm. end their life. I've had way too many that I can count. So I honestly think it, it's about time that we do. And I know we were ripping on Kevin Smith earlier for crying about dumb shit but i do honestly think there's a line folks we're just gonna say that there's a line (laughs) if you're crying over marvel get the fuck out of here but you know i think men in general need to start what can you cry a river (laughs) yeah it's just (laughs) a a moving sports play that reminds you of your varsity days in 1968 (laughs) yeah it's just like dude For those kinds of men, no, and I'm joking a little bit, but I do agree with everything you're saying. And for those men, take it where you can get it as far as what will let you get in touch. If something like that sets you you off and- If that's what makes you cry, feel free to cry Fully embrace it because guess what? It's other things that should be making you cry are coming out at the same time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, man, I've been- it's, it's only been probably 25 till about now. I've been very open and honest about my emotions at, at, at all times because like, yeah, when I was younger, I had a hair trigger of a temper. I had such a bad temper. And I think a lot of what that was, was repressing emotions, whether it's happiness, sadness, you know, uh, anxiety, fear, all that stuff. I wasn't getting it out. And I honestly do think like, as you know, I'm going into psychology, uh, going back to school and, uh, I am absolutely terrified, but Hey, 
it's whatever. Um, I think my goal, honestly, with, with all this stuff is to very much start, like start a few groups for men, like to talk, to sit, to come meet twice a week, once a week, whatever it may be, and just talk about what's bothering them. Because I think a lot of people don't have that outlet. Like my entire life, I've been very lucky. I do have supportive parents that I can talk to and that's my outlet or, you know, professionals, that's been my outlet, finding a good counselor, that kind of thing. That's been a great outlet for me. But at the same time, like we said in Do Ghosts Be Real, because I I had a nice little cry the last episode, uh, episode six was uh spencer tastefully emotional it was it was very emotional that one but um spencer said to me uh after i was like i apologize he says no sometimes you got to cry with your boys and i took that to heart because i'm like yeah i think that's a good thing Mm -hmm. to to show emotion with your friends because like man i don't know how many dudes out there that are just so broken and they don't even realize how broken they are like, yeah, man, men who haven't cried in so long that they've forgotten that that's literally the cure to like, <laughs> yeah, you want to know how to not feel bad is like, let it out. Everything you're feeling right now will be fixed if you just cry right now. And they're just incapable of doing it, which is it, relatable to a lot of people. So I'm not, oh, I'm not I, slagging the uh, experience. You but. know, man, I was there for years. Mm-hmm. So it took learning to to finally like you know if the waterworks come let them come and And that's and i still find it elusive it's still like yeah like i can tell yeah you you know when to lean into it and you know that like when you start feeling it like churning up it's like okay it's now or never it's like (laughs) crying now is like what sex used to be It's like, it's like, you know, when it's getting close and like when, when it's about to happen, you just have to like follow through. Yeah. You got to follow through. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I, I, I definitely cry more than I have sex now. So that's pretty upsetting. I do both at the same, I multitask. Oh man, you're killing two birds with one stone, which is impressive. That's, that's, that's the move. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. As far as clerks go. Yeah, so he can. Yeah, we we can wrap back around. We meandered pretty hard, but that's hey, that's what makes a good podcast, baby. This is a show where two people who have seen a movie have a conversation. This was the hope from the very beginning that we would watch the movie. That would be the excuse to start recording, and then the conversation goes in the directions it goes. Yeah, well, that's perfect. I mean, one thing I will say about Kevin Smith in his writing of Dante is I did very much appreciate that he did. He was willing to have Dante show emotion because he was showing emotion throughout the entire movie. I mean, he was kind of a whiny bitch, but he's definitely really whiny. He was in a way that to be the like hero in a movie, he's not traditionally a masculine hero. And even like Randall is supposed to be, you know, it's like, you know, it's like a you the guy your girlfriend warned you not yeah, to worry exactly. about whatever the, that meme like randall's supposed to be the cooler one but like even he is not a 
tough, rugged, masculine man. No, and neither in a, in a traditional Hollywood sense. I would literally say nobody in the movie is a traditional, tradi- traditionally masculine man. Randall would be like as close a as podcaster guy now. Yeah, He'd be like a Reddit. That would dude. be as close as it got. But you know, with Dante, you know the whining and all that stuff. It did make me very much realize that he was working through this stuff, like all these insecurities in his head and he was vocalizing it. That's why, you know, I don't want to be here today. I'm not even supposed to be here today. It's like he's supposed to be somewhere else. And that's again, it's like you're in hell. Yeah. And I don't want to be there. You're stuck there. You'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. And I think in this case with him, especially, it's just I don't want to be here today. What he's what I'm taking from it is he doesn't want to be at this point in life Mm -hmm. anymore, but he's too afraid to make the leap. So that's why he continues to do the exact same thing. It's, it's pretty much insanity. It's just doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting something magical to happen. It's not how it works. And that's the thing that there's nothing, you know, a woman, blows a dead guy in the bathroom and they go and ruin a funeral. But other than that, there's nothing that goes on. I mean, a a guy, a woman blowing a dead guy in a bath. I suppose that's a big thing. I suppose that's a memorable. (laughs) It's, it's a pretty memorable, memorable experience. But like, you don't get the idea that this is the worst day. Like Dante throughout the whole movie is saying, I'm not even supposed to be here today. He's not saying, Oh, this is the worst shift ever. It's like, you get the idea every other day is more or less it's, about as shitty as this one. It's the same. Like, yeah, like you said, there's no real anything that happens that's very gets a big like, fine for selling cigarettes to minors. That, you see, that would make it a, a really bad day. But up until that point of the movie, it just seemed like kind of a normal day. And even after that happens, he kind of gets over it quickly, which we were discussing this while watching the movie. When I uh, was responsible for selling like lotto tickets and cigarettes, I've been terrified of getting those big fines levied against me. And you, you seem like you're a little more lackadaisical. Yeah, I kind of was. Cause I mean, I was a teenager and give a fuck. So were you selling cigarettes and you were not even old enough to buy them? Yeah, I was not allowed to sell them. Definitely, I was not allowed to sell them, but I was. Nice. So it's like, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a, another thing. That, that was this, that was a wild thing <laughs> that this movie um, portrays. Yeah, two white guys, and they're portrayed as slackers because they're working minimum wage, like jobs that I guess are supposed to be below them to some extent. Yeah, but it's now. I mean, these guys have about as good of a job as you could hope to get in this economy for them, for the education that they have. These guys have pretty cushy jobs. Yeah. I mean, shit, you know, and yeah, it's, it's just kind of, to me, it's just kind of wild that like people in general look down on like not minimum wage job, but jobs like that. And I never understood why, because it's like, I don't know about you. But when I see someone, say, working at McDonald's or something like that, and I go through the drive-thru, I'm always very nice. And even when I go in, I'm always very nice because I know in their situation, like, it's not a bad job. There's no such thing as a bad job. It's just whether or not the customers you're dealing with are shitheads. 
And I think very much for, for food, especially there's a lot of entitled people that really shouldn't be entitled. Everyone thinks that like a McDonald's cheeseburger is like an inalienable human right. Like that yeah. every, everyone's entitled to a burger and the one person who stands between you and getting a McDonald's cheeseburger isn't entitled to any respect whatsoever. And you're still supposed to get the food that you want. Dude, like it drives me crazy. That's there's the, such depersonalization yeah. between the goods that people value so much and the people who provide the service of giving it to you. Like, even if the, the worker is having a bad day and like clearly is a little snappy with me, I will just be overly pleasant. Cause it's just like, no, I know you're, you're fucking miserable here. This guy behind the counter is in a shit mood and I'm going to buy my Gatorade and leave and go on with my day. And he's going to be here in a shit mood for another six hours. Exactly. I'm not going to take it personally that he's probably in a bad mood with all of his customers today. Well, and like, yeah, just, just the lack of respect in today's society is fucking brutal. Like I found it funny that it's not kids. It is older people. Yeah, It is. People know well enough it's a do as I say, not as I do that. Like you teach kids manners and then there's so many adults who just operate in the world with zero regard for manners whatsoever. Well, I think what it is. And then they get angry if you call them out. They just jump to anger and then you have to back off from them. You know, if you're a worker, yeah, you can't call them out. If you're me behind them in line you definitely call them out every single time and i have not, to show solidarity with your fellow convenience store brother. you know and i and i'm also not a the type of guy that likes conflict i hate it if i'm going to be quite frank with you but i also hate bullies more than anything else so uh so someone like me because i'm not a small guy i understand that you're like a charles atlas type if you see someone kicking sand in someone else's face you're gonna i'm go, gonna say you're something gonna take care of the yeah. situation so you're gonna you're gonna step in with executive authority sometimes you got to do what you got to do even if it makes you look like a complete lunatic <laughs> it's my job ma'am step aside yeah no i'm not i'm not that serious about it but murking someone at a costco <laughs> Just, just decking a granny for being rude. Like the one thing I, I have to say about clerks is yeah, all the characters were very one dimensional. Yeah. It's this movie really does have like really strong gifted kid energy. It feels like it's like, it's so impressive that a 22, 23 year old guy could be this insightful but then it also seems like he's giving it all he's got in this movie. And this is as insightful as it's going to be. And these characters are still very one dimensional and it's still, it's it's like a really smart dog directed this movie. Yeah. More or less. It's... You have to be like, you have to like meet him halfway and assume that he's no good at what he's doing to be impressed with how well he's doing it. Yeah. It's like, that's impressive for someone who's 23. But for someone who's 40, still doing the same thing, not very impressive. Like, And the charm has worn off. It, it, yeah. You, you kind of, like, I can go back and watch this movie and Mall Rats with rose-colored glasses and love them. But his new movies, it's just like, man, I'm done. I think Mall Rats is probably my favorite because it's less, I feel like that one's mostly just 
fixated with jokes. There is some of the existential stuff that you get. And there is like a lot of the sex and dating kind of like taking advice from a blind man on yeah the blind leading the blind yeah Yeah. like that kind of quality to it but i think that mall rats is like a it's like brightly lit it just looks like a studio comedy because that's the thing like chasing amy looks really because chasing amy let's see a 24th of the budget of mall rats i think is what that one is so it definitely looks a lot grittier, even though it's in color. It has, it looks a lot more like Clerks, but I feel like Mallrats really looks like a movie movie. It looks like a Hollywood movie. Yeah, it it's looks, got Ben lo- Affleck. Looks in there. like someone actually put money into it. Is what you're trying to tell me? It looks like something a studio made, and it's got like some actual celebrities in it, not just. Don't get me wrong. I I like his older movies, his new ones. Like I said. I saw the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I saw I that not. in the limited one day only theater engagement. And truly, like, it was an audience of rabid Kevin Smith fanboys. I'm kind of out of that, but I was like, I'm, you know, like, these are my people. And, like, not even that audience could sustain the laughs through more than, like, a, the first third of the movie. And then by the end, it's just, it's meta beyond belief because it's Kevin Smith playing silent Bob and also playing himself as Kevin Smith in the movie. So he's playing double roles, including himself. It's like this man's ego is like unstoppable at this point. Yeah, dude, like just stick to the, stick to the silent Bob one and then occasionally have something creative. You want to say silent Bob seemed a lot smarter when he only spoke once in a movie. Maybe there's a reason why he didn't have a bunch of dialogue. Uh, yeah. So anyone, uh, anyone listening to this, if you have a photo of a creepy doll, do dot ghost dot b dot real dot on instagram yeah uh it's uh do period ghosts period b period real period no no period at the end of the real one but um yeah ghosts be real with periods in between and you can follow them on instagram yeah and we're on tiktok uh do ghosts be real podcast that one you're talking yeah yeah we got a few clips talking to me yeah, it's rough. Um, I don't get it because I don't understand TikTok. But hey, if it brings eyes to to a product, then I am more than willing to do it. You should have a word with uh, Doctor Booty Quiver and get some get some TikTok lessons from him. He's yeah, got, he's been killing it he's lately. Got the market cornered on uh, TikTok fame. And you know what? It's uh, there's actually an easier way. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at at Young Buck Strongman. Uh, there's an, an underscore between Young Buck and Strongman. Um, if you want to see a guy who's just a complete meathead, um, you've heard me talk for a, a stretch of time. So, you know, what I portray myself on Instagram is very different than who I am as a human being. So if you want to just see a guy lift weights and, and uh, maybe be a little bit of a thirsty boy, then it's there. Yeah, if you've listened to this whole thing and you don't know what Brett looks like, go check out his Instagram. See, it'll be um, like the results will shock you. It's like a- it's it's very it's very strange listening to me talk and then looking at at me as a human being going like they're the same dude. Yeah, they're equally stupid. <laughs> well, since you've been brave enough to share your personal social media, I haven't done this hitherto for on this show. But if anyone's listened this far into the episode, you can follow my Instagram, which is Zach Tennant. 
I'm not going to spell. I'm not going to make it that easy, but you can find Zach Tennant on Instagram if you want. And then if you want to follow my Twitter, which I cannot stress enough, I do not recommend whatsoever. And uh, you should not do. But if you follow Imposter Laundry, you can see my uh, tweets, which are mostly about uh, Mia Farrow and Woody Allen. <laughs> and me rapidly tracking that online. You're, you're just wiling out. Man, I read Woody Allen's autobiography, and uh, he—he's an insane man. The man's crazy. It's—I don't know. I That's mean, if you want to if you want to hear yeah like my unhinged three in the morning thoughts about books I'm reading and stuff like that. You can follow me on Twitter. Well, you know what? The nice part is, man, if they follow me on my Instagram, you'll be able to find Zach very easily. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well. We've gone jumbo length on this one for our, the first in-person episode of this show. I think it's only fitting. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts on Clerks? You know, recommend, not recommend. Honestly, the fact I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it since it was so long ago that I watched it. It feels like going back to high school. It was nice. It was nice nostalgia that like I really enjoyed. Um, if you don't if you've never watched it before if you don't like kevin smith just give it a try i guarantee you'll find something in it that you can relate to nostalgia wise especially if you're in your like early 20s late 20s that kind of thing it's very it's a very fun watch i thoroughly enjoyed it and it's one of those movies that you want to watch with your buddies this is not like a, a sit down and just solo it like it's more enjoyable with friends this is, yeah, this is a movie to watch and to talk through it a little bit. Like we did, yeah, well. <laughs> contrary to what it might sound like throughout the course of this episode, we did just watch this movie. Yeah, for sure. And, um, but we were like, kind of like chit-chatting through it and stuff like that. And that's the thing. It's not s- super strenuous with plot or anything like that. You're so. not going to miss much if you talk through it. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, if you've never seen it, I think everyone should definitely see it once. And I think just for, I would say this is in like a comedy classic canon. I used to kind of think that like every Kevin Smith comedy was sort of, I think of like IMDb brain from back when I was younger. Like all of his comedies were like a seven point something on IMDb, which was reserved for like excellent filmmakers and hilarious comedies, whereas most like jim carrey and adam sandler movies were like the lower sixes and like the upper fives down into the fours yeah and now kevin smith his like yoga hosers and stuff like that i'm sure he's pulling like 3.2s on imdb these days yeah it's probably not great it's probably not a great outcome which is funny considering how much money imdb pays him to go on their yacht and just shamelessly promote um the latest star wars animated who gives a shit yeah Oh my God. But Hey, I mean, I think we've all done worse for money. Let's be honest. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Brett. Thanks for having me work. This is the first time I've been in studio in someone else's studio. So, Hey, I appreciate you coming by and I, uh, really enjoyed watching the movie and talking with you. So Brett, would you be interested in coming on? We can talk about fight club sometime. Oh yeah. That would be a fun movie to talk about. I bet that would be. It's been a while since I've seen that one too. So I haven't seen that one in a good long time. And I bet, uh, it's a very, between the two of us, I bet we'd, we'd know a lot of meat on that bone. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a very high school movie again. So Mm -hmm. that'll be, that'll be a fun watch, man. Yeah. I'd love to do that. All right. Excellent. Well, (laughs) 
<laughs> typically we just hang up the phone. That's kind of funny. Um, so I guess you'll hear me do an outro after this, but uh, this is the end of the conversation with Brett. So thanks yeah. again, Brett. Thank you very much for having me. It was a lot of fun. A one hour premiere Monday. I make a promise and here I am keeping it. Here's the outro, everybody. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Brett, both parts of it at this point. If you enjoyed the show, you can find Brett on his podcast, Do Ghosts Be Real, every Tuesday where they discuss the paranormal. If you liked this show, you can follow Formatted to Fit on Instagram and Twitter at Formatted to Fit and on Facebook at Formatted to Fit Pod. Not super busy on there, but maybe you following me is what's going to spur me to turn that all around. So consider that a veiled threat if you like. Join me in two weeks where I'll be talking with musician Scott Hamilton about the 1996 film de Kelly Macon, Kids in the Hall Brain Candy. It's the 25th anniversary of the release of this film. Coming up in 2022, we have brand new episodes of the Kids in the Hall sketch series for the first time since 1994, I believe, possibly 95. So kids in the hall fever we've all got it and me and scott get it together so come back in two weeks and enjoy that thanks for listening